What can you expect from an experienced financial advisor? Are all advisors alike? And will the right advisor really make a positive difference? Your Financial Journey is a podcast brought to you by Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust. In this series, members of the PWA team discuss the importance of planning, relevant developments, and investment strategies geared to help you achieve your wealth management goals and to provide you with experience, guidance, and support every step of the way. Welcome to Providence Wealth Advisors, or PWA's 2021 Economic Outlook Podcast. I am Doug DeGroat, and we would like to offer our thoughts on what we see looking forward economically for the year. Historically, we put together our thoughts for the coming year in print. This year, we thought we'd try to verbalize our ideas via our podcast as we move more digital within our group. So before we look to 2021, I thought we would briefly review what happened in 2020. As many of you know, we hit equity market highs in January of 2020. Then of course, COVID-19 came to the United States. By March, we had a 20% equity market pullback. Not only that, we had bond bids dry up with those typically stable securities also experiencing price declines. It appeared we were on the verge of something unprecedented economically. We had stay-at-home orders, lockdowns, and the beginning of remote working. It really felt like the world was changing dramatically in front of our eyes and not for the positive. Then, since March, the financial markets began to slowly recover. The world didn't end, people adapted, and economic activity continued, although slightly different than before the pandemic hit. As an example, restaurants suffered, carryout foods prospered, mall traffic was non-existent, online retail sales exploded. Instead of vacationing, people fixed up their homes to enjoy life at home with their families. Home Depot and Lowe's prospered, cruise companies and airlines did not. So as we ended the year, we had reasonable gains in most indexes. Technology or the stay-at-home trades had the greatest gains, Bonds recovered from their March lows, and in looking back, it was a pretty decent year from a return perspective, and certainly something we would not have anticipated in March. Our strategy of staying the course in March worked for our clients. As we noted in an earlier podcast, we didn't ignore what was happening, but it's always difficult to change strategies when you're dealing with the unknown, and this year, COVID-19 truly was the great unknown. So at that time, we elected not to change our investment strategies in light of the unknown circumstances due to COVID, and it worked. So as we sit here in early January 2021, what are some of the positives that we see for the coming year? First of all, the Fed. We see continued low interest rates. Basically, at this point, the Fed has brought interest rates to zero, which is great as a borrower. The Fed has also put together some very accommodative policies for the financial markets. In fact, we see not only continued United States Fed accommodation, but central banks throughout the world are also currently in the midst of extremely loose monetary policy, with banks throughout the world targeting low interest rates to help spur their respective economies. We're seeing this with the European Central Bank, the Bank of Japan, the Bank of England, 
and the People's Bank of China. Certainly for now, we have low inflation. We're going to talk about this further shortly, but for now, inflation remains subdued. The election is finally over. A record of 160 million Americans voted in November's presidential election. We feel many of those voters were tired of the tweets and noise coming from the White House endlessly. However, we also think many voters liked some of President Trump's economic policies. That resulted in voters electing President-elect Biden. However, also tilting the House towards more Republicans with a very slim Democratic majority and the Senate, for all practical purposes, being split evenly with the recent results of the Georgia election. It would appear to us that most voters prefer a more middle-of-the-road agenda for the federal government. There was no blue or red wave, thus no overwhelming majority for either party. COVID-19 vaccines have been approved and are being administered. This is a critical component of the U.S. strategy to reduce COVID-19-related illnesses, hospitalizations, and deaths to help restore functioning society. The goal of the U.S. government is to have enough vaccines for all people in the United States who wish to be vaccinated. Another positive, the consumer has remained strong with their spending, just in a different way than before COVID. Now online versus going to a store is an example. Jobs continue to grow from the earlier year rise in unemployment in early 2020 due to COVID. The GDP outlook is very strong, with some readings as high as a 5% gain for the year. Economic activity is improving from the March-April 2020 lows. Liquidity, a key positive. There remains somewhere in the amount of $4 trillion sitting in cash accounts that are looking for an investment home. As many of you know, fixed income yields remain subdued and stocks, whether via dividends or growth, remain an attractive option for this cash. In addition to cash liquidity, credit remains available for all. Just look at the mortgage market as an example. If you aren't aware, the real estate market is very strong pretty much everywhere in the country. Finally, dividend yields remain attractive compared to bond yields, which should provide growth for equities and a floor in the event of an equity market pullback, at least for these dividend stocks. So those are some of the positives we see. And now how about some of the negative issues that we see or risks within the markets and the economy for 2021? First of all, most analysts are positive. Everyone seems to be anticipating a pretty positive 2021. Could investors be overly optimistic? The consensus returns we have seen quoted in various publications are in the 9% average return range for 2021. That growth is expected to be driven by the end of COVID-19 and future stimulus from the US government. $2,000 checks to individuals, infrastructure projects, to name a few. Valuations of equities are high by historical standards, especially the technology sector. Many analysts say it's different this time and it doesn't matter. Our group has some longevity in this industry and many of us have heard the comment before, it's different this time. So we're a little cautious whenever we hear it's different. You may have heard about the large number of new retail investors to the equity markets in 2020 for a number of reasons. No gambling on sports, people looking for something to do as examples. It kind of reminds us of what happened in the 90s when it seemed everyone was becoming a day trader. 
While this has been a positive for equity since March of 2020, we also consider it a potential negative, as many of these new investors may not be aware of the potential inherent risks in the markets. As an example, markets do go down. They don't go up in a straight line forever. And how do these new investors react when the market's inevitable decline occurs? There's a presidential transition that should occur in January or a couple of weeks from this podcast recording. Does it go smoothly? In addition, we recently had information in late 2020 that Russia had staged a pretty successful cyber attack. Could similar issues occur or other issues with China, Iran, or again Russia during the early months of the presidential transition? COVID-19's third wave. As I noted previously, we do think COVID is being tamed. However, as you probably know today, Many states are experiencing significant increases in their respective COVID cases, which in some of those states is overwhelming their hospital systems. Stimulus. Many of our fellow Americans have relied on various programs to basically stay afloat financially during this pandemic. Without these programs, many families will face serious financial conditions. What type of new stimulus programs will be rolled out to assist families during this unprecedented time? And how will they affect the economy? And finally, an issue many of you have heard me talk about before, government debt. When does it slow down? Stop seems impossible at this point. President-elect Biden has talked about tackling issues like the pandemic, infrastructure, healthcare, and climate change, just to name a few. These are expensive and will lead to higher deficits, a potentially depreciating U.S. dollar, and ultimately inflation. As of today, the Fed continues to purchase approximately $120 billion per month in bonds. Currently, the Federal Reserve holds 7.4 trillion of bonds. The US bond market is about $47 trillion. So the Fed owns 16% of the bond market. Currently, government debt is well over 100% of GDP. Historically, that can present a problem if, and I'll say when, interest rates will go up. A few years ago, there was talk of the rating agencies lowering the rating on the United States debt. If current trends continue, it's possible that once again, this issue is going to come to the forefront. So with the positives noted and in turn the negative issues that we see, where do we see things headed from here? First of all, Let me start out with saying that we remain cautiously optimistic for the financial markets in 2021. The positives seem to outweigh the negatives for now, but it will not be a straight line up in the equity markets. Volatility will be a part of the narrative sometime during the year. Along with the presidential election, we now have resolution in Georgia with those two Senate races and the Democrats winning both seats. That leaves a divided Senate with 50 Democrats and 50 Republicans with Vice President-elect Harris as the tiebreaker. Again, we've discussed this issue at length within our group and what exactly does it mean? There are some analysts now under the assumption that with the Democrats controlling both the Senate, the House, and the White House, many of the aggressive tax and spend policies proposed during the election will be enacted. Given the fact that, as we noted, Republicans actually gained seats in the House during the recent election and the Senate is split evenly, 
We feel most Americans are looking for a middle-of-the-road policy that benefit all Americans. At this point, we're not sure there will be major political action that could be detrimental to the equity markets. Again, it seems to us most Americans would like centralist policies for the government. We noted earlier about the potential worry regarding our government debt and deficits. One of the theories driving that today is modern monetary theory, or MMT. You're going to hear a lot about this in the coming years. The concepts behind the theory are permanent zero interest rates, job guarantees for all, and trillion-dollar deficits forever. Given the election results in Georgia, it is possible that we would see a 2 to $3 trillion stimulus package rolled out very quickly in January. And that would include state and local government aid, as well as direct payments to anyone under a certain income threshold. While longer term, we are very concerned about the basic principles of this theory. In the short term, let's say one to two years, this could be very stimulative to the U.S. economy and markets, which would be very positive for the markets and the economy in the short term. The unending amount of stimulus also has implications on the U.S. dollar which also affects our economy and markets. With all of the government stimulus and the idea of MMT forever, it will be very interesting to see how the rest of the world views our debt. The dollar will ultimately answer that question. To date, it has been weakening throughout 2020, not necessarily a good sign. Some of you may have heard before the phrase King Dollar. It is indicative of how the world views our country. Due to the vaccine rollout, a Federal Reserve still targeting 0% interest rates and the potential for overwhelming government stimulus, we believe ultimately we will see positive returns for the equity markets in 2021. We also believe that value, small cap, and the international sectors may play catch up in 2021. As we previously noted, 2020 was a great year for the technology stay-at-home stocks. But as things gradually reopen in our economy, we believe these other sectors have the potential for greater returns in 2021. The international area lagged in 2020, but with the dollar weakening further, there is opportunity in the international sector for 2021. Given the strong move, however, towards the end of 2020 in equities, we do feel it is possible that we are open towards a potential pullback in the short term. However, Again, given the amount of cash on the sidelines and the current interest rate environment, we would not expect any pullback in the equity markets to be severe. Let's call it perhaps somewhere in the five to 10% range. As far as fixed income securities, we continue to remain on the short end of the yield curve, the same place we've been for the last several years. We do feel that interest rates will move higher during 21. It's already started. How much further is really the question at this point. We have seen predictions for the 10-year Treasury in the 1.5 to 2.5 range by the end of the year. During 2020, the 10-year hit a low of approximately 0.5%, and as of today, we're bouncing right around 1%. We feel that we will end the year somewhere around 1.5 to 2% for the 10-year Treasury, depending on how quickly COVID-19 is remedied and the economy can in turn reopen and return to normal. We continue to target corporate or municipal bonds or bond funds in an attempt to enhance overall income yields for our clients. Finally, we would be remiss to not mention the commodity area 
and specifically gold. As many of you know, as inflation builds, hard assets have the tendency to increase in value. During 2020, as the pandemic appeared to have an end in sight, many commodities began to trend higher. Given the MMT theory we noted prior, we would expect this trend to continue with inflation beginning to accelerate within the U.S. economy. Again, for many commodities, this trend has already occurred. With that noted, we continue to consider a gold allocation to some of our managed accounts, depending upon those clients' goals and risk parameters. We use the GLD or gold ETF. It's easy to move in and out of, and it follows the price of gold directly. We feel there is merit in this hedge as of today. Some of you may have also heard the hype surrounding Bitcoin in using this as an inflation hedge. Bitcoin has returned an astonishing 90% over the last month. We view Bitcoin at this stage as a more speculative asset and not something we are pursuing in any of our portfolios at this time. Historically, when we have seen a particular asset value go straight up, it does not end well, regardless of the comments that it's different this time, as we noted earlier. The new normal will not be like the old normal, but it will be similar and that will be positive economically. We are also reminded that no one knows what the markets are going to do in the future. It always seems so clear in the rearview mirror, but each day opens with the great unknown, regardless of how each investor perceives the trade of the day is gonna go. We continue to try to focus on long-term returns while keeping in mind risk parameters for each of our clients and not get caught up in the market's day-to-day -day noise. In closing, we thank each of our clients for their support and trust during 2020. We wish everyone listening to this podcast a healthy, prosperous, and peaceful 2021. As always, if you have any questions regarding your investments, please feel free to reach out to one of the PWA staff. Thanks for listening. Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, or PWA is a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank & Trust, or PB&T. The investment products and services offered by PWA are independent of the products and services offered by PB&T and are not FDIC insured, may lose value, are not bank guaranteed, and are not insured by any federal or state government agency. Investment products and services are offered by appropriately licensed investment advisor representatives, subject to the general oversight and authority of PWA. PWA is an SEC-registered investment advisor company. To obtain a copy of their ADV Part 2A and Form CRS, visit www.providencewealth.com. PWA is located throughout the Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. To contact PWA, call 888-927-7387, email askexperts at providencewealth.com, or write to 20220 South LaGrange Road, Frankfort, Illinois, 60423.